Hello and welcome back to your Daily Dose. I'm Bob Codges. Today, Nick and I run the gamut from talking about beta testing new material to exploring how nostalgia sometimes sets the standard for the things we love the most. Listen for Nick's genius leap of logic as he makes a crystal clear connection between his favorite Easter candy and the Beatles. It's definitely a first. Enjoy. I have a question for you. So stand-up comedians, they try out new material, right? So there's this entire process for going somewhere where the stakes are low and they try out their new material, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I don't, I'm not a stand-up comic and uh, I'm not an improv performer, but I'm wondering since some of your stuff is, while improv, it's, it's scripted in a way, it's on message, right? Some uh, of the stuff you do for public speaking and things. When I speak in public, uh, very often it's a combination of uh, stuff that I've said before and stuff that I've written and uh, stuff that just comes from the experience and the people who are in the room. Uh, I prefer the world of improv mainly because uh, there's infinite possibilities in all moments and it's very collaborative. It's a team sport. Uh, uh, When I'm up on stage speaking uh, as a keynote speaker, I love that too because I can feel the whole energy of the audience focused on what I'm saying and my message and how I choose to deliver it. And that's thrilling and exciting, but not quite as thrilling and exciting as stepping out there without anything in your head and then figuring it out as you go. Uh, and that's what I love about going into live audiences, even with the scripted stuff, and then just seeing what happens with it. Sometimes, sometimes it's, <laughs> it's not my choice. I went into the Citrus Club uh, to do a presentation called Burning the Box, uh, and I had uh, 90 slides that I was going to share with an audience of 300 people, and uh, I could not get the computer to talk to the projector. Uh, so I had to, it was a presentation on creativity, so I had to get creative real fast and actually pull out a markers and a flip chart and I did my presentation that way instead. Uh, you know, it's, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but that improvisation skill is what allowed me to do that. And it was scripted work mixed with improv. What are you going to do? Say yes to it. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this. So burning the box started out as a, a, a script or something you had in your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did, where did I, you, where did you practice that? Where did you try it out to see how it worked? What you might change? Like, what was that process? This is my secret formula, Nick. Oh, okay. And I'm going to share it with you and everybody right now. Okay. Here's okay. It's just me and my cat it. right now, as you can hear. Okay. I can hear and I love it. Okay. So here's what you do. You go out and you find an audience that you love, an audience that you want to give a gift to. And then you go and you do it for free. You go, I go out to organizations that I love and I say, Hey, I've got something new. I would love to share it with your team. Would you be willing to let me try it out on them? And most often, since they've been out here for quite a while, they say yes and they welcome it. And then I have the joy, even if it fails, I have the joy of giving a gift to a group of people and connecting with human beings and refining the thing that I'm bringing out there. So I go out there and I'll do that until it feels like I've got something worth sharing. Really that, and then I take that out and I market it, knowing that it's something that audiences will really appreciate because I've already seen a number of audiences appreciate it. So it's you know it's beta testing at its best, uh, but it's done with kind of a spirit of giving as well. And yeah. I find that you're more bulletproof if you're giving it away as a gift because <laughs> what are they going to do? Ask for their money back? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a big joke when I go out there because I, I try to give every non-paying audience the same joyful 
energetic, creative performance that I give any paying audience. Sometimes try to give them a little more because they need it more. And, uh, and it's amazing uh, how they respond. It's, it's never been bad. Interesting. Yeah, that's a cool question. Yeah. Well, because I have one I wanted to try out. Like I'm trying to think about how I make analogies. And sometimes I want to try them out first before I use them in a bigger setting. Give me an example. Right? So I was thinking about, okay, let's go with Easter candy for a second. Since it's Easter right now and everything, right? Um, yeah. You have a favorite Easter candy? Uh, yeah. I love Cadbury eggs. And Ooh, I, also okay. love, I also love jelly beans. Good jelly beans, but not the black ones. Just because I don't like licorice. Those are disca- anybody who likes licorice is a gross person. <laughs> um, yeah, my man. And I say that coming from a culture where we have our our signature liquor is Uzo. Yeah, is <laughs> licorice flavored. It's just gross. That's hilarious. That's but funny. Okay. one of the reasons probably you like that candy, whether it's the Cadbury egg or the jelly beans, is because you had it when you were a kid, right? Never had Cadbury eggs when I was a kid, but I did have jelly beans. But wait, before we move on, I need to hear yours. What were your favorites? Oh, mine is uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Ah, delicious. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I was at the store the other day, and they had the BOGO on the egg ones. And some people I don't I was just like, going to say, the yeah, cups are they not don't really like Easter. The, the untraditional shapes, and I'm just, I'm fine. When I was a kid, we would go to my grandmother's house across the street from where we lived, and she always seemed to have like a six-pack of those in the fridge for us, waiting for us. And so we would eat them slowly. I would eat them slowly because I just wanted to savor it while we were watching TV with her. She loved watching TV with us. I love that. That's so much more than just candy. That's like a life experience and peanut butter and chocolate together. But, and this is where I'm going with this. This is a long road to hoe with me. So I appreciate you coming along. (laughs) One of the reasons I love it so much is because of that memory. It's because of that experience that I had. I have enough worldly experience that I know that there are, you know, ostensibly better desserts out there than Reese's peanut butter cups. There's better chocolates. There's better peanut butter. There's even better peanut butter cups out there. But none of them have that same flavor and texture that will take me back. Right. Having said all that, this is my argument against the Beatles being the best band ever. <laughs> Master of the segue. Okay, I'm looking forward to hearing what you say now. Because most of the people who heard the Beatles have heard it in that way. Like their dad shared it with them because it was the most important music for their dad or their mom or a big brother or an uncle or an aunt or something along those lines. Yeah. You're introduced to this music by someone who feels like it was the most important thing ever and had that experience. Or you listen to it for the first time when it was first coming out and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe because this changed everything. You are killing me right now because I first heard the Beatles when I was in fifth grade and I went over Lisa Harmon's house. I loved Lisa Harmon in fifth grade. I had the biggest crush on her ever. Uh And I shared this story with her recently because there's a friend of mine on Facebook Okay, so she says, hey, you want to listen to the Beatles? And I'm like, the Beatles? What are the Beatles? And she says, you've never heard of the Beatles? Follow me. And we go down into her living room and she puts on, uh, I forget what the first song was. I think it was, I want to hold your hand. Yeah. And, 
And she starts dancing around the living room and I'm like loving the music, but also loving that I'm in Lisa Harmon's living room and she's dancing around here to this great music she just introduced me to. So when you say that, you just like unleash the flood of the joyous first experience that I had with that, which is undoubtedly why I adore the Beatles to this day. And genius, I, genius. I get it. I totally get it. And this is my same argument. I could have done that with the 80, with 80s music. Because I wow. think 80s music is some of the laziest, worst music. <laughs> Overproduced music in the world. Because of, not because of the artists. Like, I, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from the people who are making good music or the songwriters or anything. Just because it didn't have to be. Because of the way the industry was set up, we had to listen to what they were playing on the radio. That was our only way to get music. So what did they care about innovation? Yeah. If I I think, you know, air supply might disagree with you there, but I I will (laughs) I will vehemently fight that battle. I will die on that hill every time. I'm so lost without you. Oh boy. I know you were right. Hey, it's Nick. Thanks for listening. I have some strong and often unpopular opinions sometimes. Honestly, I'll take up a cause just to get a laugh or a rise out of someone, but I also recognize I can be illogical and stubborn every once in a while. It's nice to have someone like Bob to talk with to help me work out metaphors and the voices in my head. Until next time, have some of your favorite candy.